welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. I'm Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. And today we have two wonderful guests with us, series regulars Doug Gobeski. Hello. And Paul Wilcox. Great to be here. He actually introduced us that time instead of having us introduce ourselves. That really makes it easier. (laughs) Yeah. So this is the third and final installment of our Merry Marvel Movie March Madness um, segment and (laughs) the 14th of our uh, March Madness (laughs) (laughs) and our 14th of the series in general. And this episode, we are watching X2, the sequel to the 2000 movie X-Men. Yes, we have moved forward three months from February to May. Now it's May 2003. So put yourself in the mindset of where you were in May 2003. Is this uh, feeling a little bit like Zeno's paradox to anyone? (laughs) Like the movies just get closer and closer together. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. We'll never finish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There'll be several released every second. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks Uh, to machine learning, Marvel will make it happen. (laughs) They'll just make the Marvel movie you want just like a second after you think about it. Oh, a Nova movie, finally. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they keep occasionally reaching into my dreams and making the movies I want already. I assume that's why Guardians of the Galaxy exists. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's certainly not due to name recognition. Jeez. Right. I assume that's why Doctor Strange exists. Oh, you wanted that? Uh, Apparently I did. But uh, obviously, we won't get to that movie until 2037. So, <laughs> yeah. Episode 342 of our Braincast. <laughs> so, uh, the question we should always ask Have you seen this movie before? Yes, multiple times. Uh, yes, but I do not recall how long ago it was. Probably pretty long ago. Like theater. Okay. Did we see this one together, Adam? I mean, it would have been around that time that we were seeing things together, but I, I think just, so. I mean, we would have been roommates at this yeah, point. So. I don't don't remember the specifics at all, except that I remember the movie and I've seen various parts of it on cable random times. So I think overall, maybe I've seen it two total times, but only once in a full sitting prior to this. You mean. Prior to this. Yes. Yeah. I honestly remember purchasing and watching the dvd more than i actually remember the theatrical uh experience because i remember everyone being in our dorm room and watching it because i had gone and bought it like the day it came out and i don't think anyone else had and they were like oh yeah x2 so yeah what i definitely remembered was the the first sequence with nightcrawler attempting to assassinate the president that is Mm -hmm. the one main thing that i remember from this movie everything else was coming back to me as I was watching it, but not quite as memorable. You take that back. <laughs> you think the entire movie is memorable? <laughs> I haven't memorized, so it must be. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, yes, anything is memorable. <laughs> In the end, Nightcrawler was not a bad enough dude to assassinate the president. <laughs> no. <laughs> Spoilers. spoilers for the first five minutes spoilers for the first five minutes of a podcast that spoils the entire movie anyway (laughs) we might as well throw in some bad dudes uh spoilers there too 
Like, uh, yeah, in the end, they get Wait, uh, cheeseburgers oh, with oh. President Ronnie. Oh, <laughs> is it cheeseburgers? Wait. For some reason, I thought it was pizza. Hold on, is uh, this real? Of bad this actually dudes? how bad dudes end? I've, never, I've yeah. never played all the way to the end. Oh, yeah, he says, hey, dudes, thanks for rescuing me. Let's go for a burger. Ha, 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 ha. Okay. <laughs> ah. Uh, so this movie is based on the largely based on the graphic novel God Loves Man Kills from the early 80s by Chris Claremont, which I have not read. So I can't tell you much about it. Maybe I should have bought that copy the one time I saw it, but I didn't. Yeah, clearly you should have. Uh, what I can tell you is that uh, William Stryker is a character from that graphic novel. Uh, his son, Jason, is a little different in that. Uh, Stryker apparently kills his son immediately upon birth because he's a mutant. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen in this one. That's a little dark. Uh, Stryker's not related in any way to the Weapon X program that creates Wolverine. That's a new thing for this movie. Well, connecting his character to the Weapon X program is a new thing for the movie. God loves man kills. Was the first X-Men movie based on a comic or comic series? Like any particular stories? Or was that wholly I original? I don't believe it's. I don't believe it's based on any particular storylines. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a, an original. Uh, so this movie starts out with uh, Nightcrawler, played by Alan Cumming, attempting to assassinate the president. But we find out that he's not actually a bad guy. He's been brainwashed by Colonel William Stryker in an attempt to consolidate power so that he can abduct Professor X and use him to destroy all the mutants in the world. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. This has Patrick Stewart and a guy named William Stryker. Are we sure this isn't a Star Trek remake? <laughs> you know, with that opening sequence with uh, Patrick Stewart talking over the, the star field, I was definitely getting a Star <laughs> Trek vibe. <laughs> well, his franchise has just ended a few months earlier with Nemesis, so... <laughs> So at the time that you first saw the movie back in presumably theaters, like, what did you think of it at the time? Were you like, oh, that was great. Or oh, I'm so sick of this or somewhere in the middle. Great. Definitely great. <laughs> oh, you want me to elaborate on that? <laughs> or for someone else to say something? Yeah. I don't think I have much more to say other than at the time I was thought it was really great. And was really excited that they were, you know, make kept on making uh, comic book movies and that they were actually quality. Yeah, I'd say I kind of felt the same way when I saw it in the theater. This was a this was a great time to be a high schooler. You know, some some prime movie going years, especially when you you don't have anywhere else to drive to. <laughs> You're really excited about driving to the movies and just going to whatever's out that weekend. But these were the rare moments when you actually get excited about something <laughs> yeah i'm sure i I've, i guess i don't really know what to say like because i don't i just don't remember a lot of the movie i must i it seems like the sort of thing that i would have been really excited about at the time but i think most of the last four or five movies that we've watched i was kind of excited to see i mean besides daredevil which i hadn't seen before but this one it just doesn't really stick out in my memory very much so kind of hard to say for me, I, I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, clearly, since I went and bought it on DVD the day it came out, because I definitely remember doing that. I think it definitely helped that uh, one of my favorite X-Men characters is Nightcrawler, and he got to make his 
just about only appearance in the X-Men movies, I think, in this movie. I know he shows up a little bit in Apocalypse, I think, the most recent one. But that's it. I don't think he's in X-Men 3, is he? Uh, some IMDb trivia I was reading said that no, he is not. That it may partially be because just the makeup was such a hassle that yeah. nobody was really interested in doing it, especially Alan Cumming. He was like, okay, I did that once. <laughs> that was okay. Then you really got to give it to Rebecca Romaine Stamos there for being willing to put up with that makeup for her costume. Uh, but yeah, so Nightcrawler, one of my favorite X-Men characters. Probably actually my favorite X-Men character, I think. I'm not sure who else is really in contention there. And I thought that Alan Cumming did a great job. Uh, Alan Cumming, who I best knew at this point from the British TV special Bernard and the Genie, <laughs> which uh, I think is on YouTube. It's a Christmas uh, movie with Lenny Henry comedy. It's great. You should everyone should watch it. But uh, really, I really thought Alan Cumming's performance was very well done. And I thought the makeup was great, even if they added the scarring stuff, because the comic Nightcrawler doesn't have that. He's, he's not he's not self scarring, although he is he is religious in the comic as well. So, yes, yeah, I was super I was super pumped to see Nightcrawler. And I thought they did a great job with the makeup and a really actually a great job with the teleport effect, too. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so having that be the opening sequence was obviously a way to draw me in immediately. So you mentioned the uh, special effects for the Nightcrawler teleportation. One name that stuck out when uh, I was watching the credits was Rhythm and Hughes. Isn't that the company which did Life of Pi and went bankrupt in the process and won an award? Because I swear that's where I've heard of them. Uh, yep, that is correct. Ah, so, you yeah, know, nice to see that this particular comic book movie has got some real A-game special effects. It certainly was true to my expectations after playing the Sega games. <laughs> X-Men 2 Clone Wars. <laughs> I think that, yeah, that was probably it. <laughs> so were there any X-Men from the original film that were missing here? I think we've got most of the same characters besides, I think, like Toad and Beast. Yeah. Beast isn't in the original. Oh, X-Men. sorry. Sabretooth. <laughs> And and Beast technically is in this movie, so oh, okay, Wait, he is. Yeah, uh, the TV screen has an interview with Doctor Hank McCoy. Ah, oh, gotcha. It's in the in the bar scene where uh, actual Rebecca Romaine Stamos uh, goes and hits on the oily proto alt right guard. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna lose all our alt right followers, Adam. <laughs> you know what? Good. <laughs> You know, for how much, how careful they were about Magneto's plastic prison, that was a massive security hole of just like basically, as far as I could tell, having like one guard do the same. Like, there was there a rotation? You know, were there with maybe like two guards in there at a time? Uh, I think so. When she pulls up the files, right, there's a whole bunch of names and stuff that come up. I think it was just happens to be a case that she picked one mm. who happened to be the dirtbag we'd already seen. I was impressed with the uh, the way in which they did the violently murdered, just with the red mist. It was like, ooh, ooh, man, that's visceral. Yeah. Yeah, fun, fun fact. Uh, apparently, X2, the original cut, was rated R. They had to cut some stuff because it was too violent oh. to bring it down to PG-13. <laughs> wow. Did they give any explanation for why Mystique didn't just 
imitate the guard and walk in? Was there some security? Well, even if she did, security? how would she get the metal in? Mm, all right. I guess that's fair enough. Because or she could just kill everybody. This, I mean, yes, but at this point, maybe you're just making maybe... up new separate plans, <laughs> right? You're not adjusting the plan they have. It's the fan rewrite. Yeah, maybe there's two. some sort of fail safe where it drops his plastic cage into a vat of acid. <laughs> That's diabolical. I did say there was a hundred foot drop, so it's possible. Oh, I, was there? Yeah, when uh, uh, so when he breaks out of the prison and like steps onto the the metal plate, like the sign at the edge of his cage says "caution: hundred foot drop." Jeez. Oh, yeah, so if they tried to break in from the outside, probably would have just hit the uh, thing which releases his cage. All right, makes perfect sense then. So, I'm. This might have an easy answer, but I'm not very familiar with twelve inches. Um, the extent. Of- <laughs> How many inches in a foot? You got it. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, like when Magneto kills the guard. Yeah. By. Uh-huh. by uh, pulling out his the iron in his blood what's the threshold there and is this something that's explored in the comics like (laughs) how much is enough to count because obviously everyone has some but is it Uh, just like below some kind of minor threshold does he not have like molecular level control or i think my guess i sure the comics have talked about this but i don't actually know what they've said but i think my guess would be that's enough metal for him to actually do something with oh okay. like to like make a make a plate he can stand on right. or something and it might not have yeah. stole the guard either if like there was a tiny amount or something yeah if it yeah, was he had like out, like passing through his body with without consequence <laughs> yeah the guard's like ow now i'm anemic <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How much iron in the human body? Four grams. Yeah. yeah that's pretty but small. That's in yeah. that's in everything, not just blood. Like that's uh, bone marrow and muscles and stuff too. So if he could just just somehow extract every single molecule of iron out if of a human body, he could get kind of shoot a tiny little uh, BB around. Yeah. Yeah. He probably can't. It's probably some sort of emulsified version of free iron, of like metallic iron that yeah. uh, Mystique injected into this security guard dude. Mm. Yep. Sorry, so was, Paul. Flawless movie. Well, what? What? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I assume then the clock was already ticking for this guard. He was going to die whether or not Magneto did anything because. Iron poisoning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I kind of wondered that myself. Injected with a massive amount of chelated iron. Yeah, like, you know, it starts to degrade and that's going to kill him. But, you know, if it's a short enough time span, like, let's say, 24 hours, (laughs) he's starting to feel sick, but he's not collapsing yet. Any particular scenes anyone wants to discuss or characters or anything? Oh, well, we get Deathstrike. Lady Deathstrike. Yes, we get Lady Deathstrike saying... I think no lines? No, she had at least one line. In at the least office. one line. I don't know if that's a characteristic of her personality or not, whether she's, you know. Isn't she like a cyborg in the comics? I don't know, because she's actually a Wolverine character, like the comic book Wolverine, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And I never really read much Wolverine. I'm like 90% sure that she's a cyborg in the comics. 
Now, if she'd shown up in Nightcrawler, I could tell you all about it. But uh, not swashbuckly enough to be a Nightcrawler. Sorry. She did have that bandana in the uh, in the comics, right? Yeah, yeah. One thing I think that's actually maybe a little bit noteworthy is that they actually cast an Asian American actress for the role. They didn't just whitewash it or anything. You know, didn't didn't cast the 2003 equivalent of Emma Stone. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So, so I mean, for me, that really helps with the verisimilitude. Actually, yep. I realize I'm talking about comic book characters in a movie, but hey, still, but still, yeah. If this, if, yeah. if if you don't draw the line there, where are you going to draw it? <laughs> uh, the Australian playing a Canadian. Too far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the filmmakers, I think at this point they realize it's kind of the Wolverine show. I mean, everyone else gets some stuff to do, but I'm sure after the first movie, it's like, oh, let's make sure Wolverine continues to be like a huge part of this film and get a villain specifically for him to fight against. Well, I did read that they chose her because they wanted more, I think, badass females, I think was the term they oh, wanted to use or yeah. something like that badass women characters because i think an initial draft it actually uh, i think it was supposed to be like saber tooth or something like an early early draft before they changed it up yeah i'm kind of back and forth about whether i think this movie has too many characters and introduces too many new characters and then also thinking oh i really liked all of the characters <laughs> that they introduced mm-hmm. does it actually though how many new characters did they legit introduce right, right. it's like four pyro and Iceman. Yep. No, mm-hmm. Iceman's in the first one. Oh, is he? Okay. Okay. The, the actor is. I, sure. I, it's not okay. really. doesn't really get any characterization, I guess, in the first one. So we can call that a half. All right. And I don't know if, how many of the villains we get to count. The expendable villains. I was going to count Striker and Lady Striker, Deathstrike. And Lady Deathstrike. And I guess we don't really. I mean, we get some of the sort of cameos, I guess, from the students. I guess maybe they don't really count. Yeah, no. So maybe it's just like supplanting the characters that aren't from the first one. Oh, um, one thing which I didn't quite follow. Where is Lake Alkali or Alkali Lake? Where is this secret government facility? Uh, Was it in Canada it's in, or America? It's, it's in Canada. Okay. Well, why does the, why does the American guy have a secret base for decades in Canada? Uh, I don't know. I guess we'll like, have to watch X-Men origins Wolverine. <laughs> That's like the only only thing which doesn't really make sense about this movie for me. The only <laughs> thing that I didn't quite follow. I mean, I have a facetious answer, but please, it's probably not what you want. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Not even curious. Like, get enough of those. No. <laughs> All right. No. Move on. I'll be stupider for having heard it. <laughs> yeah, I think the idea is just that there's yeah more story there to tell. Because we don't really get a lot of his... Cananaskis, Alberta? Does that mean something to you, Paul? Yeah, Cananaskis? Yeah, that's apparently where they filmed it. That's where they filmed it? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the road that we took in from Calgary. Yeah, it probably was vaguely in that area. Nice. I knew that, that was... That was an exciting point for me in the in the movie. I know they do a lot of filming there, so I like... Sometimes I try to piece different movies yeah for sure yeah. what are we talking about <laughs> no, there, was, there was one scene i thought one thing i thought was kind of cool is i don't know i really liked how they uh actually 
you know, how they kind of threw in the bit about Iceman's parents. I don't know, because you can, you can see, like, the news clips and things like that, but to actually, like, you know, bring it home, like, oh, this whole mutant thing is, like, you know, made it much more relatable. Like, oh, these are real people, real parents watching whatever wow. the equivalent of, uh, you know, news stations. Probably uh, Fox News. It's yeah, Fox, yeah. It's a Fox picture, and that's why I say Fox News. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I don't. Fox when did News Fox... was around at the time. Okay, that's basically what I wanted to know. Mm. That's probably uh, where they learned about the mutant problem. I also thought it was interesting the uh, clear parallels they were drawing with, like, um, homosexuality. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, have you tried not being a mutant? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, some of that direction was at Ian McKellen's request. Oh, really? Oh, yes. I sort of figured some of it was Brian Singer because I thought Brian Singer was gay. That may also be true. I'm just going by the IMB, IMDb trivia. That's what I've written. I've, that's what I've read. It says Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> that's what I've written. <laughs> These are the facts I'm trying to get out there. <laughs> I write it in there, and then it becomes true, and then I say it. <laughs> IMDb trivia. Is Wikipedia too authoritative a source for you? <laughs> According you to get the real fake news of movie <laughs> trivia. Like, how were the special effects in this one? What did you think about them? Uh, special effects were fine. They were good. Um, there were a shot or two where I was like, uh, "It's a little computery," but I actually was generally pretty impressed with them. Certainly better than the well. I was going to say they're better than the Daredevil special effects but i'm not actually convinced that's true because i think most of the daredevil special effects are actually pretty good um better than the rose falling sequence from daredevil <laughs> okay well yeah. high bar there um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it always yeah. goes down in everyone's mind as the just the worst scene in that movie <laughs> no no maybe in the director's cut but i can think of a worse part in the non-director's cut <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, in general, I think the special effects were very good. There were like a handful of scenes where I was like, not quite there yet. Um, some of Pyro's fireballs don't mm. didn't look quite right. Uh, overall, I, I kind of like the, the story here. I mean, yeah, there were obvious ways in which it was trying to connect multiple things so that, you know, we can get a lot of Wolverine in here and tell all these different stories. But I thought overall it was pretty good. Yeah, I think so, too. I I mean, yeah, there was there was a lot of different, you know, it was following a lot of different uh, character arcs through it, but I think they made it work. So if there was one section I felt like they could have dropped out would have been most of the stuff with Rogue and Iceman and Pyro. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it wasn't like it felt tacked on precisely. It's just that looking back now, I'm like, eh, you know, if you needed to cut, what, what was this, two hours and 15 minutes? If you needed to cut yeah. 10 minutes out of that would have been a pretty obvious place to do it. I mean, I like Rogue, but... But then you lose some of the character development, right? I mean, in some yeah. ways, this is very much a character-driven movie. This isn't really a action blockbuster spectacle. I mean, right. it's definitely got aspects of that, right? But it, this is really a, a movie that's motivated by the characters, which I actually thought was, in general, really well done. Like, you can understand Stryker's motivation and why he's doing this, even if you, you know, disagree with it or not. You should totally disagree with it, but maybe you don't. <laughs> right. You're alienating the, the all right listeners again. <laughs> yeah, jeez. 
But um, like to me, everyone's motivations seem entirely in keeping with their characters, the characters as they're presented in this movie and in the previous movie. So like Jean Grey is interested in Wolverine, but she's not willing to trade him for Cyclops. Wolverine actually goes through some character development here. He's a little more protective and he's more at peace with himself by the end of the movie and his past. I think characterization is pretty well done in this movie. Yeah, and consider Rogue in this movie versus the previous movie. Like this movie, she's clearly trying much harder at, you know, making a connection with people, you know, with the, the stuff with her and Iceman. Yeah. I mean, like if you cut that out, then you you honestly cut out just a lot of the personal development of that character as compared to the previous film. You, know, sure, you, you kind of yeah. just leave her stranded. I, I will agree with you there. So one thing I also felt was that a lot of these different aspects of character development were good, but they didn't connect to each other in a lot of ways. That felt like a lot of different storylines going on at the same time. And they all come together at the end physically, all the characters end up in the same spot, but I don't know if the storylines really felt like they connected together. And that's why I'm saying that, okay, well, you could cut this rogue part, and yeah, it's like you don't get the development of that character, but I don't know how much that hurts the other storylines at the same time. I, know, I mean, that's kind of like saying, it's kind of like looking at Star Wars Episode Eight and saying, eh, let's cut Finn and Rose entirely from the film. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can do that, but you lose part of the message there. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'll agree with you. It's all about friendships and relationships and stuff. Stabbing people with claws. That's right. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that. And how that, af- <laughs> and how that affects people. <laughs> <laughs> Typically death. Yeah, some... I had to say, uh, very, very bloodless killing by Wolverine, considering. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, like we said at one point, PG-13 movie, because... Uh, they were really close. They were basically on that R border. But given that, I was like, expected something. Yeah. I mean, I thought they did a good job with the sound design and the facial expressions when people were getting stabbed, though. Yeah. That's <laughs> I kind of felt it viscerally, yeah. <laughs> even though there was no blood whatsoever. <laughs> it was definitely, it was a little jarring having recently watched Logan. Right. Oh, oh, I was yeah. like, Oh, okay. So this is what it used to be like when he would shred people up. Right. (laughs) How far we've come in 14 years as a culture. (laughs) Really moving in the right direction. (laughs) No boobies, though. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you guys think of uh, Jean Grey's storyline, then, if we're going to talk about characters and development and stuff? I remember seeing this the first time and being pretty surprised that she ended up sacrificing herself, not because it didn't make sense as a character, but I just didn't expect it. So those are actually the two things I remember is Nightcrawler at the beginning and Jean Grey at the end. How did it make you feel? Sad. No, I felt it was, I thought it was pretty, (laughs) I thought it was pretty affecting. Like, Like I said, I was surprised and James Marsden did a decent job of, you know, acting upset although you don't get to see his eyes which is kind of funny (laughs) he did a great job and you know it (laughs) i i almost felt like i wanted more james marsden in in this film yeah there was not a lot from him which is unfortunate since we you know went and rewatched x-men recently my opinion of his performance in x-men has improved mightily over 
15 years ago whenever I first saw it or so. Uh, they apparently did film more stuff with him and Professor X, but that was stuff that actually was cut for time. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Like they had stuff of him, like them slowly getting brainwashed and whatnot. I also remember that. So now I do remember going to the movie with you, Adam, and you having to explain to me about Phoenix at the end because I didn't. I was like, I, I don't know what this is. <laughs> is she not dead? What's going Why is she on? She on fire. <laughs> but this may also mark the point at which I. St- Stopped seeing any of the X-Men films. Logan may Wait. literally be the next X-Men related film that I saw after this. Wait, didn't you didn't see... watch The Wolverine? I did not watch The Wolverine, no. You didn't watch Days of Future Past? I did not. You you didn't see Will I Am's breakout performance? I, I am uh... Origins Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> I am shocked and dismayed by your lack of cinematic respect here. Well, I'm being honest, at least. <laughs> I suppose that's true. I could have I'm pretended. Call yourself a cinephile. <laughs> yeah, I suppose the first first step is admitting you have a problem. <laughs> Good thing we're fixing that with this. Yeah. I mean, I guess I do remember that's one of the reasons we're doing this, is to force Charlie to watch all the Marvel yeah. movies. <laughs> remember, you were horrified. You haven't seen Iron Man 3 yet? <laughs> oh, we got to fix that. <laughs> we're going to totally fix that in about three to... 10 years <laughs> <laughs> actually iron man's coming up a lot sooner than you might think oh really okay it is 12 movies away yeah we're about halfway there <laughs> yeah <laughs> well considering that this list goes up to like currently about 62 Ooh. oh my goodness and iron man is at 26 oh my goodness uh, you can blame iron man i think for the fact that there's a huge number of movies that every once in a while was like, oh, I want a piece of that superhero pie. <laughs> yeah. With the exception of the various Spider-Man and X-Men sequels. Yeah, those are going to be they, made anyway. Right. They, the movies actually kind of start to slow down a bit. There's only one movie in 2006. There's only one movie in 2009. There's only oh, yeah. two movies in 2010. Right. And then the cinematic universe starts to really kick off. And then so everyone starts getting a piece of it. Right. So suddenly you're getting more Spider-Man movies. You're getting more X-Men movies, a lot more X-Men movies. Oh, yeah. The the next two X-Men movies uh, will each get their own year. Yeah. Wow. So what were your thoughts on Phoenix, Adam? Uh, I thought it was fine. Um, I think I wanted a little more on some level. Like they were kind of hinting at it, and then it was like immediately she was like, "Oh, she's gone." Hmm. Or like, "Well, she's gone." The way Spock was gone at the end of Star Trek too, right? But yeah, sort of how I felt. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I think it's difficult, right? Because you got to balance like the compressed time scale of a movie, you know, versus like the comic equivalent that you know gets multiple years and dozens of issues to sort of flesh this stuff out. But I. I do sort of think that the it was rushed a little bit and that you don't like there's some hint of her kind of grappling with it. Like at the beginning where she's like, oh, my headaches are getting worse. And Cyclops is like, yeah, you're totally rearranging the apartment every time you go to bed in your head, <laughs> like <laughs> or using your head or whatever. Right. We're just yeah. like, oh, and then it's like, you know, occasional flashes in her eyes and then she starts to get fiery. I think that's partly like everyone thought X-Men three was going to be dark phoenix because of the way this ends right was she was going to come back but like evil and i mean i guess she kind of does but not (laughs) in a very satisfying way as i recall 
it's admittedly been a while since I've seen X-Men 3, so my memories aren't great, but maybe it hold, it's better than I remember it being. But <laughs> Spoiler alert. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fine given the constraints, but it, that doesn't mean I couldn't wish there was a little bit more development of that. But as you point out, there's already a lot of character development going on in this movie, so something's got to suffer as a result, I guess, unless you're making a two hour and 45 minute Tarkovsky epic. <laughs> you leave all that in. That's expensive film stock. <laughs> Cinematic respect just covered his film Solaris. So that's why I'm referring to this because I was present in that. So did this movie have a Stan Lee cameo and I just missed it oh. or was he not in there? Okay, the likely times, right? Uh, in the museum and in the bar. Those are probably your best bets. Yeah. I don't recall Stanley. Did he make a cameo? Like, I know he, he has first a cameo X-Men? in the first one. Okay. On yeah, he's on the beach. He's selling hot dogs. Yeah. If you go back and listen to the podcast, Charlie, you would know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I go back and listen to all the podcasts before every episode we record. <laughs> you don't just do that automatically? How else do you study for this? <laughs> <laughs> he is not in x-men 2 according to imd oh wow okay so uh ultimately then uh how do you feel x2 holds up did, did you like it a lot did you did you hate it somewhere in the middle in other words how many uh iron ball bearings would you give <laughs> x2 <laughs> i'll start uh for me personally i think this movie actually holds up really well uh i'm impressed by the storyline I'm impressed by the character development and and I'm impressed by the acting. Uh, The one complaint I would have is kind of like Charlie was saying, it is a little long. It does get a little draggy, Mm. but countering that, like I think because the story itself is quite engaging, it makes sense. So the first movie is about mutants versus mutants. I like that this one is about humans trying to destroy all the mutants. And so they have to band together. So you know, you get a chance to see Magneto as a not necessarily a good guy, but like on the good guy side, which is also something that's very much like the comic books. Right. Then that Magneto is a sort of ambiguous figure, at least by the Claremont run. Right. He's not yeah. just a straight up villain. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Um, so, yeah, I I gave the original X-Men 8.5. I think this one's a little better. So I'm going to give this one nine. Wow. For me, this is on yes. par with Men in Black. Yeah, this this is this is to me is a great superhero movie and just a great movie in general. So nine iron ball bearings out of ten. I forgot to say <laughs> that they were iron ball bearings. Yeah. That that's a lot. Yeah. Magneto could kill a lot of people. <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not gonna put this up to the same level as I did with the original X-Men. I my feelings of fondness for that movie, I just remember being so impressed by that at the time that in a way that I wasn't quite with this movie, I mean, it's still very, very, very good. I'm not going to give this a bad rating at all. Uh, I remember the the beginning sequence was awesome. One of the better sequences we've seen in, I think, any of the Marvel movies so far. And again, I remember the ending. Um, I thought everything was tied together reasonably well, despite some of my complaints earlier. So I would give this a 7 out of 10 iron ball bearings. So seemingly on the same level as the Punisher. I'm not sure if that's quite true, but I, I'm going to stick with seven. <laughs> we've got not some, quite we've up to blade level. I think that's okay. 
<laughs> yeah. So not as good as the Blade movies for you. No, no, no. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to have to cut this because that disagrees with my opinion. So. <laughs> <laughs> I I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was kind of a sort of was a breath of fresh air after working through, you know, some of the maybe not so great or as memorable movies. So I would say I enjoyed it probably, you know, about on par with the first one. Um, So I think I'm going to go with eight iron ball bearings. I thought it was, you know, generally just really enjoyable. It did have a lot of characters and covered a lot of subplots in, you know, it's two plus hours, but um, yeah, overall good movie. Definitely on par with the X-Men and Blade in my uh, ratings. Yeah, just for me personally, um, like I said, it was long, but at no no point was I just like bored, bored of just like, oh my gosh, this is still going. So for me, it doesn't bother me much if it go if a movie's good and it goes longer than two hours. But all other things being equal, I would prefer to keep it, you know, to that length, I guess. Yeah. Doug. So having given it some consideration, going to have to go with nine and a half iron ball bearings. Ooh, wow. out of 10. All right. But that last half one is just a disc, not a full <laughs> bearing. <laughs> Acceptable. Considering this movie, just in you know looking at through the list of what all is coming later and such, um, I really, really like William Stryker as a villain here. I think they do a very good job with him. Um, just as a believable villain, a sinister villain. Yeah, um, we didn't even talk really about Brian Cox's performance, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's outstanding. And having seen Logan recently, Stryker's final line in this movie about somebody else later is going to finish the job that I've started kind of gave me chills. <laughs> but um, overall, you know, bunch of characters... But I didn't feel like anybody's story was really unnecessary or wasted. Special effects were good. Nothing like the cheesy motorcycle scene in the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, plus we get the nice allusions to Wolverine's past. And just, I don't know, I felt like pretty much start to finish a tour de force movie. Yeah, I'm looking back at Charlie's ratings, and I'm pretty sure he's actually rating on a scale of like 8.5. <laughs> you think 8.5 is the top because i don't know what he's saving these high numbers for <laughs> i don't know what's coming up that he's just gonna be like oh 11 out of 10 <laughs> uh we're being honest i'm gonna guess captain america the first avenger and iron man could be and uh, maybe charlie's, charlie's gonna be like oh iron man that's just too long like just just kill jeff bridges already six (laughs) (laughs) i would have killed him right away clearly the metal he's using is not completely iron some sort of iron alloy (laughs) charlie have you not seen iron man i've seen iron Iron man Man. (laughs) you don't remember that it's gold titanium alloy (laughs) i uh that not that specifically no i don't but i have seen it okay apparently we need to rewatch it in like a year (laughs) <laughs> Serious question. Are are you saving the high numbers for something coming up or is this just like your overall all movies score? <laughs> uh, I guess we'll have to see in context. A, there's so many that I haven't seen that I'm leaving some headroom there too. Like Okay. Whereas you, okay. you have a better context okay. about like what's coming up whereas I like pretty soon here I'm going to fall off the cliff where I haven't seen almost any of these movies. <laughs> 
sorry, I think on some level, I think I'm actually sort of scoring these movies against all movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, I am too, but I just really like X-Men too. Yeah. Well, that's why I was wondering if like, if there were like movies that Charlie thought were better movies, either Marvel wise or just in general, like I'm just trying to, I mean, like I would rate Logan up there. Uh, Not good enough for your best of 2017 list. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Black Panther. I just recently saw Black Panther. I thought that was great. Are we talking about Black Panther? I saw it earlier this week, I think. Okay. Black Panther? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd recommend seeing it in the theater. Okay. Did you see it in 4-3? Did I see it, what, in 4-3? Or... Three. Thor three. I thought you were asking oh. about aspect ratios. I'm like, why would I watch Black Panther in four three you didn't aspect watch the ratio? Four three release of Black Panther. I really like that pan and scan feel. <laughs> no, I have not seen I have not seen Thor three. Ah, no wonder that didn't make your list. Oh yeah, no, I've heard it's great and I didn't get a chance to see it. Did you see Spider Man Homecoming? I didn't see Spider Man Homecoming either. Despite did you see Wonder multiple Woman? recommendations, I did see Wonder Woman. Yes, okay. That was uh, that was right off the end, edge of my list too. It was like Wonder Woman's good, but it suffers from some major end of movie problems. I oh, think. for sure, yeah, yeah. It just yeah. suddenly decides to stop being a Patty Jenkins movie and start being a Zack Snyder movie. <laughs> that is accurate. I mean, I think I heard at some point that she basically didn't have any real control over the ending. Huh. You you mentioned that I'm just having flashbacks of Ten Forster. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what Charlie's saving the ten for. <laughs> I'm I'm saving my ten for Ghost Rider, even though I've never seen it because I think I'm gonna really like it. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, Spirits of Vengeance, man. That's uh, Ghost Rider Spirit. too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that even better? Wait for just one spirit. <laughs> Uh, I guess it depends on your definition of better. <laughs> well, depends, uh, how, depends how you feel about a man peeing fire. Ooh, <laughs> sounds pretty good. Cool. So is this like peeing fire as the result of an STI or does he just pee fire in general? You know, the movie leaves it ambiguous. I ooh, believe it was. Isn't ooh, it? Isn't it the ooh. imaginings of a child? Am I, I mean, it is. Cr- remember that crack? It is. It is genuinely the emotional core of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Wow, like, you really? Like that's that's the scene that gets called back when when uh, the kid makes an emotional connection with Ghost Rider and realizes, oh, Ghost Rider is the best. Or I don't remember the context, but I remember there's a call back to that scene. <laughs> He pees just like me, except it's fire, so it's cooler. <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> well, that about wraps it up for this edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. I'm Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. And a very special thanks to our two guests who I think have joined us for all of our Merry Marvel movie March Madness. Uh, Doug Gobeski. Yeah, thanks for having me. And Paul Wilcox. It was a pleasure. And, uh, I know we promised this last time, but I think this time the next episode genuinely will return you to non-Marvel content. <laughs> so until then, stay uh, frosty. No, no, it's make mine Mart way. Oh, yeah, you could make mine Marvel. <laughs> until DC puts out another good movie, make mine Marvel. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh.
that's our show. Thanks for listening. We hope you check us out. Don't forget you can visit our website at www.gobeskywallacereport.com. Also, we're on Facebook and Twitter, so make sure to look for us there for extra entertaining bits. You will be entertained. Possibly. Wait. So you're definitely entertained, but only possibly entertained. Well, I don't want to get sued for false advertising. Uh, when are they going to get to the Dark Horse films? <laughs> There's like, what, probably half a dozen of those? Uh, what are those? Like, what specifically are those? All right, here we go. So there's Dr. Giggles, uh, The Mask, Time Cop, Tank oh, yeah. Girl, Barb Wire, Mystery Men, apparently is a Dark Horse. Oh, what? Virus, G-Men from Hell, American Splendor, hmm. Time Cop oh. 2. Okay, some of these might be direct-to-video. Alien vs. Predator, apparently, is a Dark Horse film. Hmm. Didn't realize it was based on the comic, but uh, Hellboy, Sin City, 300. R.I.P.D. Oh, jeez. Let's not do that. (laughs) That can be for our kids to do. Our our, uh, podcast airs. (laughs) Their inheritance. You will sit down. (laughs) Did you want want what the will allows you? Here's the condition. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna write that up right now. I'm calling a lawyer. Watch the movies. You have to do podcasts about them as well. <laughs> Publicly released podcasts. Yes.